Right, so look at Hosea chapter 4 there. And look, there, there's a lot of sin in this country, isn't there? There is so much sin in this country. Everywhere you look, there is just all sorts of blatant sin everywhere. And I don't think anyone here isn't aware of that. Um, and the more you grow in the Lord, the more you see it, the more it angers you, the more it vexes your spirit, doesn't it? Um, and we often, we often will focus and, and rightfully on, on the growing massive sodomite agenda, which is just infecting people across, across the world, really, but especially in this country and, and other Western nations. Uh, we focus a lot on, on the abortion rates in this country because it is absolutely wicked, isn't it? I mean, you're talking about... I, I mean, I, I can't remember the number, but we, you're up into like the hundreds of thousands, aren't you? It's just absolutely wicked. It's, it's horrific. And we focus on that, and rightfully so. We focus a lot on, on the feminist agenda, don't we? And all the, all the sin that comes from that. And we talk about that a lot. But probably the most rampant, open, open, wicked sin that's in everyone's faces in this country to the point where Bible-believing Christians now, I, I would say, barely even flinch is the sin of fornication, okay? It, it's it, to the point where there are people all over the place, people that you know, family, friends, that you, people don't even bat an eyelid anymore, do they? Sadly, we should, but a lot of the time we don't. A and in this country, it's got out of control, hasn't it? Absolutely out of control. Um, and I'm not just talking about long-term partners shacked up, but literal whores and whoremongers everywhere sleeping around or trying their best to okay and for a lot of young men that is their motivation in life isn't it and and it is absolutely wicked and the title of my sermon today is the united kingdom of whoredom the united kingdom of whoredom because it is it is a kingdom of whoredom everywhere you look it is whoredom everywhere is it not am i wrong well, I think I'm right, and in case you're unsure, let's see some, a few stats. Let's see some stats from the Office of National Statistics. There were 242,842 marriages in England and Wales in two, 2017. This was the most up-to-date they've got on this. A decrease of 2.8% from 2016. Now, marriage rates, and they call it for opposite-sex couples, and we're, don't worry, we're, we're not going to bother with the same-sex circus and using their, their terminology. There's no such marriage amongst, amongst men and, uh, and women of the same sex. But marriage rates here uh, uh, in 2017 were the lowest on record with 21.2 marriages per 1,000 unmarried men and 90.5 marriages per 1,000 unmarried women. We're on the lowest on record in this country right now. Um, Less than a quarter, 22% of all marriages in 2017 were religious ceremonies, the lowest percentage on record as well. Now, again, if they're false religion, not that that really makes much difference, but it's an interesting stat. Nearly 9 in 10, 88% of couples cohabited before getting married in 2017. Okay, 88%. Now, let's put this into, into perspective. This proportion has steadily increased over the last 20 years from 69% in 97 I mean, that is a massive increase from 97 to 81% in 2007 and is in line with the increasing levels of cohabitation seen more generally. Okay, the proportion was slightly higher for couples who had a civil, civil ceremony, 90% compared with those who had a religious ceremony, 81%. And that's probably going to go with, with, you know, probably Muslims and things like that. Because let's be honest, in this country, uh, amongst people that claim to be Christians, they're all cohabiting before, pretty much, aren't they, sadly? Right, in 97, less than half, 48% of all couples who had a religious ceremony cohabited before marriage. Less than half 
1997. See how quickly this has moved on in this wicked nation. Okay, this is rapid, compared with 83% of those who had a civil ceremony. In 2017, this gap has reduced, and 81% of couples had a religious ceremony cohabited, compared with 90% of couples who had a civil ceremony, like I said earlier. Right, the average age at marriage of couples was 38 years for men and 35.7 years for women in 2017. That's gone up massively. Marriage rates for couples are now at the lowest level on record. This continues a gradual, long-term decline since, seen since the early 70s. Right. Since 1972, the number of marriages has decreased by 45%. Again, that is massive, absolutely massive. We're not just talking about a few percent here. The popularity of religious ceremonies also fell to historic lows for second year running, with fewer than one in four couples choosing to get married through a religious ceremony. And listen to this, only two-thirds, 67% of all marriages between couples in 2017 were first marriages for both partners. That means that a third of those were remarriages as well. Adultery. Okay, so... This, this, these next stats are now based on a super drug survey of 2,000 um, people in US and Europe. So it's not the biggest survey, but it's quite interesting anyway. Um, in Europe, people from the UK lead the way with the most partners. So this is talking about sexual partners here, averaging seven partners in the UK. Those from the Netherlands follow closer with 6.9. So according to this survey, we are the highest for what people would say was their average amount of partners. On the other hand, respondents from Italy averaged only 5.4, and people from Belgium had slightly more, 5.41. European Union average was 6.2, which is also the average number in Germany. Okay, the US average, by the way, was 7.2, so pretty similar to the UK. Um, According to the most recent data, between 2013 and 14, England saw a 33% increase in diagnosis of syphilis, which is a sexually transmitted disease, and, and a 19% increase in diagnosis of gonorrhea. Okay, now these next figures, just last bit of stats here, come from a survey of the immoral behaviours of 8,420 men and women aged 16 to 69 carried out by the NHS this year. This was back in 2011. Now, again, it will have got much worse, as we can see from all the other stats, it's got much worse. 27% of 16 to 24-year-olds admit they were 15 or under when they fornicated for the first time. Now, by comparison, just 4% of women now aged 55 to 64 would say the same. So can you see the difference there? From 4% of people, and this is only in the space of, what, 20, 30 years, this rises to 10% of 45 to 54-year-olds and 14% of 35 to 44-year-olds. In 2011, it was 27% of 16 to 24-year-olds, and that number has only risen, hasn't it? Okay, you can see the trend here. Absolutely wicked, isn't it? Absolutely wicked. Now, I think you all get the picture, yeah? Enough of the stats, you all get the picture. We live in a filthy nation of whores and whoremongers, okay? We live in a filthy nation of whores and whoremongers. It is disgusting. This nation is wicked, okay? Absolutely wicked. But how did this happen? How did we get to this point? How do we get to this point in this nation? Well, there's a combination of reasons. Um, the fact that we rival the US for those numbers that I, that I said earlier, and have in common the massive influence of obviously the English-speaking Hollywood, MTV and the like is a big one, isn't it? Okay, that is a big one. I remember studying media studies over 20 years ago, and we, we at that time, part of my, the, the A-level I was doing, we were looking into, um, you know, risque films and sort of groundbreaking movies and things like that. They are child's play. They are borderline children's movies now compared with, I mean, that was, that was just 20 years' time. And, and, and now it is something else, isn't it? 
absolutely something else. That stuff which was groundbreaking now is just a run of the mill on pretty much every series you put on on Netflix and pretty much most movies you watch. Uh, it's nothing, absolutely nothing compared with now. The stuff on TV itself has nosedived massively, even more so. And I remember growing up, Growing up, and, and, and it was, there was a lot of that. There was a lot of suggestiveness. So, oh, oh, well, there wasn't the nudity. Oh, well, that's all right, because there wasn't much nudity. But every time a couple went out for a meal, it would possibly then just cut to the morning, wouldn't it? With them getting out of bed or something similar, if, if it cut to that. I mean, it is, and it was everywhere. And every soap opera as well, things that way before the watershed, like that makes any difference at all. I mean, it is poisoning, poisoning people through, throughout this nation. The TV, the movies, MTV as well. I mean, how many songs, what, what's all the popular stuff now? Just a bunch of whoremongers, isn't it? Bunch of whoremongers and whores. Uh, so, gyrating whores. If you ever, like, I go to, uh, you know, once, once a month, whatever, I go to the barbers and, and sitting there with my kids, I have to tell them, I have to keep their face away from the TV because they'll have some music channel on. And all you can see is gyrating whores and a load of whoremongers going on about, about their filthy acts of fornication. It's absolutely wicked, isn't it? And this stuff is just throughout our TV, which is meant to be regulated and meant to be controlled to not be poisoning us. What a load of nonsense. What a joke that is, isn't it? It's just a sham, isn't it? Oh, well, after nine o'clock, what are you talking about throughout the day? Absolute filth. Now, again, the suggestiveness, the influence, and there's so many ways they do it, aren't there? And, and, and the celebrities and the people that kids of today and adults as well are looking up to as some sort of cool people. And, and every single one of them is a whore and a whoremonger, aren't they? I don't know any that aren't. And the mocking of conservative types, haven't we seen that? Throughout years, those of us that, that watch TV, that, that, that grew up watching that, just mocking of anyone who was conservative in the movies. They were some old fuddy-duddy, what poor children raised by those strict parents who wouldn't let them go out to the liberal parties and wouldn't let them go out and fornicate and drink and do drugs. And it's constant, isn't it? The brainwash, the conditioning, the mockery of the Christian types, like there's some sort of crazy old redneck that would actually believe the Bible. The, the liberation, they're trying, to con they're trying to condition girls that they're somehow liberated by being a whore. Right. That they're somehow liberated, they're somehow free, they're somehow happier. They don't look happy to me. Right. These girls out there on the street don't look happy to me, these whores. The uplifting of the James Bond whoremonger. Yeah, and it's not just Bond, is it? They're all, all these movie, movie, you know, sort of heroes for men are all whoremongers. Yeah, yeah. Every right. one of them is a whoremonger. Yeah, they're not just some cool guy who's just got his way with women. No, they're a whoremonger. They're filth. They're filth according to the Bible. The, the rap star whoremongers, the gyrating whores. It's just everywhere, isn't it? Absolutely everywhere. And, and not even just like, oh, well, well, you know, some of that stuff's a bit more for the older kids, the older teens and everything else. No, it's not. I remember the Spice Girls was aimed at like sort of, what, five years plus girls, wasn't it? And absolutely wicked. Absolutely, and, and, and the way they dressed, the way they acted, and that stuff was poisoning children, wasn't it, for, from years ago. And, that, and, that's, and there's, you know, that wasn't new either, was it? I mean, they've been at it for years, but it's just been getting worse and worse and worse and worse. The synagogue of Satan has been poisoning us with this junk for years, haven't they? Yeah, that's, right. that's the truth, isn't it? Yeah. That's the truth. They've been poisoning us, they've been poisoning our kids, they poisoned our parents. They've been at it for years and years and years. And this nation is just an example of that, isn't it? Absolutely foul. 
What about the sodomites at Walt Disney? What about the sodomites at Walt Disney? You know much about that? Anyone know much about that? Okay, so this is from their own website, Walt Disney. The Walt Disney Company earned a perfect score of 100 on the 2019 Corporate Equality Index, a national benchmarking survey administered by the Human Rights Campaign Foundation. This is the 13th consecutive year that Disney has received top marks on the report. Hey, good old Walt Disney, eh? which evaluates corporate policies and practices related to lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender and queer workplace equality. HRCF recognised Disney as the best place to work for LGBTQ equality. You know Walt Disney that produced all that children's stuff? The best place to work if you're a sodomite, apparently, because it's full of them. The company is also committed to contributing to diverse com communities through service and donations to organisations including Out and Equal Workplace Advocates, Trevor Project, I can only imagine what that is, GLSEN, GLAAD, Human Rights Campaign and the Los Angeles LGBT Centre. So basically, not only are you poisoning your children's minds when you sit them in front of anything that's Walt Disney, but when you buy, rent their movies, buy their merchandise, you're supporting all of these God-hating organisations who are promoting sodomy, okay? And yes, it is poisoning their minds, okay? Walt Disney poisons children's minds. Has anyone seen people who have actually showed you the freeze-frame stuff of that? Anyone seen any of that? So in case you're unaware, Walt Disney, and by the way, it, it's there. I mean, we, we, had, we had this stuff at home. We had these old DVDs, and you could go on them, and you could see sexual words spelt out in the clouds in these cartoons. You see like disgusting stuff that I'm not going to repeat, disgusting little freeze-frame clips of things, you see like erotic little, little clips in it and everything else. These people are absolutely vile. They are vile perverts and they're corrupting your children. And if you put your kids in front of that stuff, you should be ashamed. Okay, you should be absolutely ashamed, not only as a Christian, you should be ashamed as a non-Christian. If you sit your kids in front of that junk, you should be ashamed. Psalm 101 verse 3, you don't have to turn, it says, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside, it shall not cleave to me. Okay, that's in front of your own eyes, let alone your children's, let alone your kids. If you're putting your kids in front of that filth, then shame on you. Bin it. Bin it. Rip it up. Bin it. Okay, burn it. It's filth. It's disgusting. There is no need for kids to watch that stuff. And by the way, how much of it, are you literally studying every single one and freeze-framing every one because it's just that little glimpse, little glimpse, little clip. And I know, because I know when I was younger, I came away feeling a bit just uncomfortable having watched like a Disney movie, having watched like The Jungle Book. There was just something uncomfortable, you know? And then, and then when you look back and you see like these little, little images, little faces of excitement when they're doing weird stuff, it's weird Baloo dressing up as a woman, dressing up as a female monkey, sorry. And, and the, it's just all filth. It's all filth and it's disgusting, yet we still think, oh, a Disney thing, yeah, I'll shove that on and get two an hour and a half away from the kids. No, no, it's wicked. You shouldn't sit in front of your own eyes, let alone your kids. But there are other reasons for the whoredom here as well. Okay, it's not just that. There are other reasons for the whoredom in the United Kingdom. Turn back to Hosea 4, or hopefully you're there anyway. Hosea chapter 4. 
See, also like the US, the UK previously did have a, a Christian presence. Now, I know we wonder, we think, well, you know, is, is it all just come out of the Reformation? Everything? No, there were Baptists in this country. You know, 1611, obviously, is when the King James Bible uh, was, was completed here. But in 1612 was the first official Baptist congregation. And although there were, well, there were many false prophets, I'm sure, amongst them, okay? And looking back, you can see a lot of that. There has still been a remnant of saved Christians in this country, okay? There has still been a remnant of saved Christians in this country. And have a look at verse 6, Isaiah 4, verse 6 says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. Now obviously here he's speaking to Israel here, but you can apply this to us as well, I believe, you can apply this to a nation which was formerly a nation of, of, of well, some God-fearing people, and the problem has always been in the churches, isn't it? As, as always, it's been in the churches. That's the problem. And where's the hard preaching been? Where's the hard preaching been in this country on sin? Because I, I've, been to, I've been to many churches over the years. And I've been to churches unsaved and I've been to churches saved. And where's, where's the hard preaching? I haven't heard any. I don't know if any of you have. I haven't heard any hard preaching in any churches that I've been to in this country. Where were the warnings about sin like this? Because this is a massive issue. This should be getting preached about every week, every month, you name it, shouldn't it? Shouldn't, it? shouldn't, shouldn't they be up there just preaching it and preaching it? Because you've got kids who are growing up in this world, and yet no one's preaching, no one's talking about it, and that's not just recently. Because I don't, I don't think you're going to find any hard preaching in the UK, probably on that's been recorded. I don't know, maybe you will, but I haven't seen much anyway. Okay? They're too busy trying to get bums on pews, aren't they? That's the truth. They're worried about offending the person that walks through the door. The people that are already in the church are losing them. They're worried about losing the tithe. They're worried about losing the numbers instead of preaching. They're too busy tickling ears, aren't they? Because that's what they're doing. They're tickling ears. They're trying to just please the people in there, wanting them to come back, say the right things, you know, preaching back. I mean, if they're really put out, maybe by a soul-winning Christian, they might preach a little bit on pride or something. And that'll be about it. And the rest of the time, it's just ear-tickling. Love, love, ear-tickling. It's wicked because they're one of the reasons, aren't they, for this? They're part of the problem. Because tickling ears and hiding behind the so-called tolerance, all you're really doing is, is you're damning the rest of the nation as well. Because the more churches that preach, the more Christians that live right, that want to live right, that, that will preach to others and will say to family members, you need to get married. Or you need, to, you need to stop that. You need to cut out that behavior. You need to sort out your child. You need to sort out your teenager. You need to sort out whoever it is. The more Christians that do that, the more that will affect a nation, won't it? That's the truth, isn't it? And, if, and the more church is doing that and the more churches preach preaching right, the more they're going to grow anyway, aren't they? Okay, but, but people haven't done that. So the churches are a big part of this. Now, have a look at verse 7 here. As they were increased, so they sinned against me. Therefore will I change their glory into shame. Okay, and they, they increased there, they increased in well, And same here as we've got more comfortable, we got more comfortable, didn't we, over the years? We sinned more as a nation against the Lord. Therefore, will I change their glory into shame? And it is shameful, isn't it? It is shameful. These women dressed up as literal whores are a shame. It is a shame. They sh they're a shame unto themselves. They're a shame unto their family as well, aren't they? 
every single one of them. Now you might say, but, but that's the fashion, brother Ian. You know, it's the fashion. You know, sim women aren't bound by these boring, fuddy-duddy ways of dressing anymore. You know, they're so happy now, they're so liberated and everything else. Anyone that thinks that is a fool. They're an absolute fool, and they've been fooled by the perverts in the fashion and entertainment industries, haven't they? They've been fooled. They've been brainwashed. What absolute moron thinks that it's good to walk around it, as a woman showing all your curves, showing all your nakedness? It's, you're a fool. You're an absolute fool if you support that absolutely foolish and this is very recent isn't it you can look back at photos of your grandmothers and and maybe your great grandparents some of you younger ones here and i tell you what none of them dressed like this did they can you imagine that can you imagine can you imagine in 50 years time these these the people then with the pictures of their grandparents dressed in hot pants and boob tubes and their, their, grand, their great granddads dressed in skinny little skin tight jeans and skin tight tops and everything else I mean, just amazing. But that's, that's, that's what the photos are going to be. And they're all going like this. <laughs> and that'll be it, won't it? On the wall, you know, portraits. And it's like old lad in her, you know, like great-great-great-grandmother in her kind of conservative dress. And then great-great-grandmother in hers. And then great And then it'll be grandmother, you know, Tracy. And, you know, just like this. <laughs> just like an absolute whorebag. And, but, but that, that's the truth, isn't it? Yeah. Because they're going to be hard-pressed to find a photograph of them not dressed like that. Because it, you know, they couldn't even go to the ones of them young, could they? They couldn't even go to the ones of them young. Because the truth is, it is it's not only a shame themselves, but what a shame the parents that you see walking around with their daughters dressed like harlots. Yeah. Like, what on earth? Like, it makes me want to go up to them and slap them around yeah. their face, doesn't yeah. it? I was, I was here at the church yesterday and, and my daughter just pointed out as we were going to go in, she just looked, looked across the road and just went, look at that little girl. She's in a pair of hot pants. She's about six years old. Yeah. And just, just, she's just like, what? And with her dad. Yeah. Her dad is holding her hand, walking across the street. And you're just, what are you doing, mate? What is wrong with you? you like, either you're a stinking pervert or, pervert or you're an absolute moron. Yeah. You're an absolute idiot, aren't you? How, how have we got to that point where pe men, dads, dads, the leader of the home are just walking down the street with their children dressed as whores, with their, with their young sons looking like rent boys? Because that's the truth, isn't it? Half of them do. They just look like rent boys. And they're walking down the road. What, what, what they live under your roof and you're going to let them go out like that? I mean, when we were young, the girls used to go out and then get changed at their liberal friend's house. Now, they walk out with their parents like that. That's where we've got to in this country. It is absolutely amazing, isn't it? It does. It makes you just want to go up to them, just shake them. What are you doing? Sort yourselves out. Now, like I said, like I said, you, you know, there are people that think, well, that's okay. Well, you know, what, what's, what's wrong with that? But, wow, what, what a number has been done on them. What a number has been done on them. But like I said, if the churches have been preaching it, if the church, if there have been churches and people going out preaching the gospel, more churches growing and, and churches in this nation just preaching the truth, people would be more ashamed, wouldn't they? Yeah. Because they are ashamed around us, aren't they? If you, if you show, if you dress your children properly around your unsaved family or old friends or whoever you ever see now and again around, around your neighbours, everything else, they do start to feel a little bit uncomfortable. Because yeah. they should, shouldn't they? Yeah. When they walk around your house in their skin-tight leggings... 
showing every single curve of them. It's just, what are you doing? What you, and they do, they start to get ashamed about it. Now, verse 8 says, they eat up the sin of my people and they set their heart on their iniquity. And like I said, there are people I know whose main goal in life, their main motivation is fornication. Okay, there are men around this nation whose main goal is fornication. That's what they think about, that's what they plan, that's what they're plotting, that's what they're looking for, that's what they're dressing for, that's what their, their weekends are all about, their week is just spent building up to that. That's the truth, isn't it? Okay, they've set their heart on their iniquity. It's not just something they just fall into. No, they set their heart on it. Verse 9 says, And there shall be like people, like priests, and I will punish them for their ways and reward them their doings. For they shall eat and not have enough. They shall commit whoredom and shall not increase because they have left off to take heed to the Lord. So no one seems to be satisfied in, in this country either, do they? nation of gluttons. It's true. They don't seem to be satisfied. And this is what starts happening. People just say, don't get that satisfaction. And this is from God here. For a nation, here's another thing he said here. They sh he said, they shall commit whoredom and shall not increase. Because for a nation absolutely chock-a-block full of fornication, the birth rate's pretty low, isn't it? Yeah. Birth rate's pretty low here, isn't it? And, and if it's not birth control, if it's not birth control, which, let's face it, the vast majority has a backup mechanism of murder. If it's not birth control, then it's just murdering unwanted babies, isn't it? So they commit whoredom, but they don't increase, do they? And the thing is, sadly, if they did things right, they would understand the blessings of children. But they don't, so they've been so conditioned that they don't even want the kids either. So they're not increasing, they're not getting the natural blessings of life anyway. So they're just this nation of whores and whoremongers. But I, I sometimes think about that with the abortion. I just think, thank God that every one of those little innocent babies is in heaven, eh? And, and in a way, you feel it's a blessing in disguise because how many of them truly would have got saved? Because the, 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 the parents are just failing massively, aren't they? aren't they? But regardless, it's still murder, isn't it? Now, verse 11 says, whoredom and wine and new wine take away the heart. They go hand in hand, don't they? The whoredom and the alcohol. And town centres at night, full of drunk whores, tottering down the street in shoes that they can't really walk in, thinking that they look great while they're stumbling around, you know, like this. Some of them can't even, you know, some of them like the penguin walk, isn't it? You know, and, and, and they're, they're, but what's their motivation? They're just out to try and impress, to try and get some idiot male to, to, to try and fornicate with them. I mean, it's absolutely wicked, isn't it? Um, and they do, they think they look great, don't they? And, and don't you find now, as a Christian, you go past these people and you just think, how sad. Yeah. How sad that you dress like that. How sad that you think that that's a good way to dress, a good way to behave. Um, but let's not forget the whoremongers as well, yeah? Let's not forget the whoremongers that spent every bit of money they have on some effeminate clothing, some queer hairstyle that they're getting every week for their Friday, Saturday nights, hoping it will make the difference with some drunk whore somewhere, because that's, again, the tr that's, a, that's a youth, isn't it? Yeah. I know that's, that, that was a youth when I was young, to, to a degree, and now I, I, I can only see things getting worse and worse and worse. It's absolutely wicked, and that's the reality of British culture, isn't it? That's the reality of British culture. And it's not just the teenagers, though. You see them, you see them out at night, the washed-up old mutton dressed as lamb, 
you know. They're all still done up, aren't they? Again, tottering around, you know. And, and the old guys as well, the old guys out just, you know, leering over the young girls and everything else. It's just wicked. It's, it's just, it, what have we got to? What have we got to? Look at verse 12. My people ask counsel at their stocks and their staff declareth unto them, for the spirit of whoredoms hath caused them to err, and they have gone a-whoring from under their God. Now, the people are basically getting advice from the stocks is like tree stumps or lumps of wood using their stars. They're, like, they're like, like some sort of new age nutters, aren't they? But, but in a way, people like, are like that now, aren't they? They're like that. They, you know, they're more likely to try and, you know, like touch wood, you know, oh, I better touch wood, you know, to make sure that, you know, that something bad doesn't happen to me after I said something. Some sort of, you know, w weird, like whatever you call what do you call that word superstitious that's the word I was looking for all the superstitions because they're all still alive aren't they oh no no we no we're rational no 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 we're into science touch wood you know it's quite it's nuts isn't it but but they'll they'll ask counsel at their stocks their staff declareth unto them for the spirit of hordens that causes them to err, and they have gone a whoring from under their god now the book of Isaiah like many other places in scripture it gives a comparison from of turning from god to to you know, to idols, to whoredom, doesn't it? Okay, it's like, it's like whoredom, it's like fornication, it's like adultery. But, like I said, our nation, I feel, has done the same to some degree. You know, okay, yes, it's not, we've, there's always only been a remnant, but I think that remnant got smaller and smaller and smaller, didn't it, to the point where there's not many left, are there? There's not many left. Now, verse 13 says, They sacrifice upon the tops of the mountains and burn incense upon the hills, under oaks and poplars and elms, because the shadow thereof is good. Therefore your daughters shall commit whoredom, and your spouses shall commit adultery. So it's idol worship. They've gone from God to their own gods yeah their own gods their own idols therefore it says your daughters shall commit whoredom and your spouses shall commit adultery so the result of turning from god to idols is basically not only your daughters committing whoredom but your spouses committing adultery that's what it says doesn't it that's what he's or at least that was a punishment to israel there now your spouse is committing adultery. How about this? A recent study has suggested that marital infidelity is reaching new highs. According to the survey, 25.4% of married men and 18.3% of married women have committed adultery at least once during their marriage. A quarter. A quarter of married men, according to a survey, admitting to it. And not, you know, that's the ones that didn't think, I wonder if this survey is a setup. Because who on earth even, uh, wow, you've got to just be just blatant, you don't even care, do you? The poll was conducted on a group of 635,000 members, okay, that's a big poll. Okay, how many of those were, were lying? How many of those had their wives in the background? And their husbands in the background, which is equivalent to a 3% of all married Brits, so, so that number is 3% of all Brits that, that took part in it. St statistically, the majority of affairs, where do you think they begin? 100% in the workplace, in the workplace, 38.8% of women are conducting an affair with a colleague and 30.7% of men are doing the same. Okay, so money becomes their idol, doesn't it? Money and, and prestige and everything else, so they send their wives out to work to submit to some other man and what happens? What happens? Ends up in adultery, doesn't it? Yeah, and in the same way, the men are out of work and the, the women then are getting employed. No way, 
You know, if, you, if, you're, if you're a man here and you're employing people, just don't employ the women. Don't employ them. Because you're only asking for trouble. I know oh, you could get in trouble and everything else. Do your best not to because it's crazy, isn't it? Because you're just setting yourself up for trouble. Verse 14 says, I will not punish your daughters when they commit whoredom, nor your spouses when they commit adultery. For themselves are separated with whores and they sacrifice with harlots. Therefore, the people that does not understand shall fall. So he's not going to punish them because the punishment is inbuilt. Okay, the punishment is inbuilt. They're surrounded by whores and harlots. They're going to fall with or without God's hand in it. Okay, so I, you know, God doesn't have to now directly punish them as well because they're just surrounded by whores and harlots. See, the people that live like this, it's an absolute mess. Their lives are a mess, aren't they? If you, if you know people, old people you used to associate with or anything else, and you see what their lives are like when they're just surrounded by these types of people, it's a mess. Um, like, imagine just knowing that your daughter's sleeping around. Like, wow. Like, imagine that. Like, that's punishment enough, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, right. I, mean, I mean, okay, we, it's got to the point with some of the world where they don't seem to care, but they must, really, surely. Surely you've got to. If you call yourself a man, you call yourself a father, you've got to care about that, haven't you? And in the same way, you should care if your son's a whoremonger. In the same way, you should, shouldn't you? Because it's wicked. And he's just doing the same to some other poor daughter, isn't he? Of some other guy. But you should. You should be ashamed. You should be not only ashamed, it should be just destroying you. The punishment is in Bill. Knowing that your spouse is likely cheating on you. And I've known people over the years where, where it's quite obvious, and that destroys them. Heart-wrenching, you know, just to know, know that, yeah, they're probably... I mean, that is just, that's just, it's horrific, isn't it, living like that? And there are people around this country, like, there are a high percent of people around this country that are living like that. And you know what? And the ones that aren't being cheated on are probably worried that they would if they could. If they got the chance, because so many of them would, wouldn't they? And the influence is everywhere, because they're surrounded by other men that try and joke it off and make it into it's okay. Yeah. It's not a bad thing, you know, uh, you know. what? I, I've known people like this. I've known people like this, who where it's just this big running joke the whole time. What a whoremonger, what, what an, at least, sadly, in a long-term relationship, so the fornication, but how much these people are cheating on their so-called partner and everything else. Like, it's just, just okay, it's fun, it's everything else. And being surrounded by these people, it is a mess. I was talking to someone I know recently, and they're justifying their mess of a life, basically how well no, because their girlfriend was cheating on them, so the person they were shacked up with was cheating on them with a friend of theirs, and he... He then, in return, cheated with someone who the friend of his previously liked. So then that just turns into this big row. And then there's people getting fights and doors getting smashed in and everything else. Cue a two-week drug-fueled bender to get over it. And this is all justification. And this is the life of people that, that delve into that sort of life. You're surrounded, it says here, for themselves are separated with whores and they sacrifice with harlots. Therefore, the people that do not understand shall fall. That's a fooling, isn't it? When you're surrounded by these types of people in life, you want to get away from that, don't you? Obviously, we don't want to be anywhere near that. Now, verse 15 says, Though thou, Israel, play the harlot, yet let not Judah offend, and come not ye unto Gilgal, neither go up to Bethaven, nor swear the Lord liveth. And here's the main point. So, though our surrounding nation is a disgrace, yeah, and it is basically some sort of giant brothel, 
okay? We live in a giant brothel, okay? Though that is the, the case, let not us or our children offend, okay? Let not Judah offend. Let not us or our children offend. Keep away from the idols. Keep away from the false gods of this nation, from the wicked places, the Gilgals, the Bethavens, the bars, the clubs, the rest of it where it goes on. Keep away from that. Keep away from it online. All the different ways that you can be tempted, that you can be tempted into this sort of junk. Keep away from it. Flee fornication. Didn't the Apostle Paul say flee fornication? That doesn't just mean avoid it. It doesn't just mean be strong. That means run the other way. Run the other way from it. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And look, while we're talking about this, what people did when they were unsaved in the past, I'm not talking about here. Okay? So look, most people here have been saved as adults. Okay, and, and sure, I'm sure there are people here with histories and, and backgrounds and stuff like that. I'm not interested in that. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Okay, you don't have to dwell on that stuff anymore. Okay, now you're a child of God. Okay, you're a child of God. We don't have to think about that. And, and many people here have done crazy stuff in the past. Okay, we're not talking about that. All we're talking about now is how we behave going forward and how our kids behave as well. Okay, right. So, <coughs> we're new creatures in Christ, yeah? Our eyes are open, aren't they? Our eyes are open here, okay? But that's not always enough, is it? It's not always enough. Well, you might be thinking, well, you know, Brother Ian, look, I read the Bible, you know, I, I go to church now, I, I've got no problem with this anymore, you know? Yeah, okay, maybe I dabble with these things when I was younger. But we live in a wicked nation, yeah, don't we? Okay, that's clear, okay? This nation is absolute filth. And it's got so bad, like I said, that often, that often we can be desensitised to, to what is wickedness in God's eyes, to this particular sin. We do get desensitised to it, don't we? To, uh, uh, you know, let's be honest. You, you probably have family members, friends, old friends and stuff that you probably, you're not thinking every day, oh, that's such wickedness. I'm, you know, I really need to help them get out. Like, obviously, I want to get them saved, but even if not, they're probably Christians as well. They're, they're alive, not probably. They definitely are. But there might be some that you know as well who are living like this. Okay, that's the truth, isn't it? So don't think that, that we're beyond this, you know. Now, for some, that door was already opened as well, wasn't it? Let's be honest, for some in this room, maybe for many, that door was already open. And for others, for others, that door is going to be lit up as the best door to go through, isn't it? By this nation, by the conditioning, by, by the TV, by the music industry, by everything else. It's going to be lit up like that door is some cool door to go. It's got the nice comfy handle. Does it swing back on you like that one there? You know, it's, you know, it's a nice door to go through. It's, it's the best door you could go through. You know, it's, oh, it's, it's a glorious door to go through. But that's not true, is it? Now, we know that's not true. But we need to remind you of that. I think regularly you need to remind you of that. First Corinthians chapter 6, yeah. So verse 15 says, Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an harlot? God forbid. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body, for two, saith he, shall be one flesh. And this is why fornication is so different to other sins, because it's spiritual, isn't it? It's spiritual. It's a spiritual thing. It's not just the physical, just, just, just pleasure. 
like the world tells it it is. It's not, it's spiritual. Verse 17 says, but he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. So you're a member of Christ and you're joining Christ with some, some harlot, some dirty whore or some dirty whoremonger. That's wicked, isn't it? That's absolutely wicked. You're a member of Christ. Verse 18 says, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. Like I said, that means run the other way. It's different to other sins because you become one flesh. You become one flesh. See, you're basically defiling yourself. You're defiling yourself. You become one flesh with a whore, with a harlot. It's, it's foul. It's disgusting. Yeah. Isn't it? It is. Now, we might have been brainwashing condition, but it is. It's disgusting. Yeah. Verse 19 says, What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. It's not your body to abuse like that. You're not glorifying God, are you, by sleeping around like some sort of wild animal. And I'm not saying anyone, I hope no one in here is. But, so you might say, well, well brother, why are you preaching this then? Why are you preaching this? You know, we, like I said, we, we read our Bible, we come to church, we know fornication is sin. It's obvious. Fornication is sin. We, we went through 1 Corinthians, you know, chapter 6, chapter 7, chapter 5. You know, we know, we know fornication sin, so why are we preaching this? Well, do you think that some people here are never going to get tempted? Do you think that? Do you think that out of a room of 50-odd, whatever it is, that no one ever is going to get tempted here? Sure, there are, aren't there? There are people going to get tempted. Do you think that your kids aren't going to get tempted by this sin? Do you, they are, aren't they? Hundred, and you know what? It's different than when we grew up. Like we've just shown, it is, much, it is so much worse than when we grew up. Now, turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. And that, this is why Paul tells the Ephesians, okay, he's not just, okay, you're saved now, by the way, fornication, that's it. He says, but fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you. This is verse 3, by the way. Let it not be once named among you as becometh saints that's all of us saints he's saying not just fornication but all uncleanness that's the other acts yeah that's the porn the perversion all uncleanness not once named among you he lists covetousness and that's what fornication is isn't it yeah. it's covetousness because you're coveting something that's not yours to have you're not married it's not yours that's not yours to have it's covetousness isn't it Verse 4 says, Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. By the way, with covetousness there, that's why. Why, when you see clear signs of covetousness in people, you need to watch everything with them. It's not just the money with them either, because they just want what's not theirs. And they'll want to take what's not theirs. You want to watch women like that around your husbands, and husbands like that, you know, men like that around your wives. Just, just covetousness is wicked. But anyway, he said, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving you thanks. The filthy, foolish jokes too. Okay, they, they desensitize, don't they? The more you make it a joke, the more it's a laugh, the more it's something to have fun with at work, to have a joke, to talk about that woman or talk about that guy or whatever else it is, the more you make these filthy jokes, it just normalizes it, doesn't it? Normalize it, makes it all a joke. He said, the filthy sin that it is. Because it's a filthy sin. 
In the same way, if you heard someone make a joke about sodomy, you go, leave it out, that's disgusting. I don't want to hear that filth. But in the okay, maybe not in the same way, but in a similar way, should we not be saying the same? God, I don't want to hear that filth. I don't want that in my mind. I don't want to have that image. Because already we're, we're up against it, aren't we? We're up against it in this filthy well, in this filthy country that we're in. It's a nation of whores and whoremongers. You don't have to turn to Hebrews 13, 4 says, Marriage is honourable in all, and the bed under fire, but whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. It's not just the whores. Where there are whores, there are whoremongers, aren't there? Because we can so often focus on the women, can't we? And like I've already said, where there's whores, there's whoremongers. There's nothing cool, okay? There's nothing cool, <coughs> boys and young men, about this dirty sin, and old men in fact too, about this dirty sin. There's nothing cool about it. Nothing to be proud of, okay? You're not, you're not some sort of like better man because, because you've got women that, that, that want you, okay? And, and that's, that's, there's, nothing, there's nothing good about it. There's nothing good about being a homo. There's nothing good about behaving like that. Nothing good about being sucked in like that either. Because there's two types, aren't there? And there are men that think, oh, well, she's giving me all this attention. You know, how good that must be. No, that's not good. That means you're a fool. Have a look at, turn to Proverbs chapter 7. Proverbs chapter 7. And from verse 1, he said, My son, keep my words and lay out my commandments with thee. Keep my commandments and live and my law as the apple of thine eye. Bind them upon thy fingers. Write them upon the table of thine heart. Say unto wisdom, thou art my sister, and call understanding thy kinswoman, that they may keep thee from the strange woman, from the stranger which flattereth with her words. For at the window of my house I looked through my casement and beheld among the simple ones. I discerned among the youths a young man void of understanding. He's saying, keep my commandments, be wise, you've got to have understanding. Yeah, that's what he's saying, isn't he? Amen. This will keep you from the flattering whore. That's what he's saying. This will keep you from the flattering whore. Unlike this simple one, he's stupid. This simple one, void of understanding, he doesn't have understanding. He's an idiot. Okay, what does this idiot do? Verse 8, passing through the street near her corner, and he went away to her house. In the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night. And behold, there met him a woman with the attire of an harlot and subtle of heart. How someone dresses tells you a lot about them. Okay? First impressions say a lot, don't they? Okay, how someone dresses. And yes, there is clothing that God calls the clothing of an harlot. What do you think that clothing was? What do you, I, I would say that clothing was probably showing either some form of nakedness or at the least showing every single curve and angle on her body, yeah? And that is the clothing that probably 90% of the youth of the, today in this country dress like, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? And, and God says there's clothing which is the attire of an harlot. And, and look, on that subject, why on earth, why on earth would a woman want to dress like that? Why? Take away the conditioning. Take away the brainwash. Just think, why would you want God to look at you and go, you, have, you are dressed in the attire of an harlot? It's madness. It's crazy, especially if you're a Christian. Especially if you're a Bible-believing Christian. Why would you dress like that? Behold, there met him a woman with the attire of an harlot. 
Okay, and, and, and that, these sorts of women, don't look at them. Boys, men, as you grow up, don't think, oh, yeah, oh, you're, you're a whore. You're a whore, you're dressed like a whore. It should be shameful, shouldn't it? She is loud and stubborn. Her feet abide not in her house. Now is she without, now in the streets and life and wait, every corner. Being loud and stubborn is how an harlot behaves. And, and, and women here, that's something to avoid, to try your best to avoid behaving like that. And it says here, and lieth and wait at every corner. These women are at every corner, okay? They're at every corner. Don't be stubborn when you hear this preaching. Don't be stubborn when you hear this. Women out there shouldn't be behaving, shouldn't be dressing like this. So she caught him and kissed him and with an impudent face said unto him. Now, impudent is shameless, bold with contempt. She just doesn't care, does she? Shameless. I have peace offerings with me. This day have I paid my vows. Therefore came I forth to meet thee diligently to seek thy face, and I have found thee. Notice the flattery there. But he's a fool, isn't he? He's a simple one. I have decked my bed with coverings of tapestry, with carved works, with fine linen of Egypt. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love until the morning. Let us solace ourselves with loves. For the goodman is not at home. He has gone a long journey. So that's either her husband or father. He has taken a bag of money with him, and he will come home at the day appointed. With her much fair speech, she caused him to yield. With the flattering of her lips, she forced him. He goeth after her straightway as an ox goeth to the slaughter, or as a fool to the correction of the stock. So as some dumb animal to the slaughter. This guy who's been flattered by some whore, okay, is basically going like a dumb animal, like a stupid animal. How we describe sodomites... as we describe them, he's like that going to the slaughter, as a fool to punishment. I hope you young kids here are listening to this. It's foolish. It's absolutely foolish. But again here, it's a flattering of the lips, and flattery is always, always negative in the Bible. Okay, it's always negative. Nothing wrong with a genuine compliment. There's nothing wrong with that. But flattery, you're just, people are just being set up all the time. And if you know people that are flattering you, be wary of them. Stop enjoying it and thinking, oh, well, it's like, oh, well, I, you know, it makes me feel good. Oh, I like the way that they compliment me a lot. No, it's flattery. It's wicked because they're setting you up. They always are in the Bible. It's always setting you up for something. Beware of the flatterer. And especially young men, beware of that flattering whore. Beware of that flattering whore. Verse 23, till a dart strike through his liver as a bird hasteth to the snare and knoweth not that it is for his life. Hearken unto me now therefore, O ye children, attend to the words of my mouth. Let not thine heart decline to her ways. Go not astray in her paths, for she hath cast down many wounded, yea, many strong men have been slain by her. Her house is a way to hell, going down to the chambers of death. It's a trap. It's a trap. These sort of women are wicked and they're everywhere. They're everywhere in this country. Lives get ruined families are destroyed, the money wasted, trying to impress some whore like this, or being somehow embezzled out of stupid, simple young men by these women. The disease, the disease that goes around this country because of filth like this, because it is so unhygienic, isn't it? It is disgusting. It's wicked. It's a trap. You don't have to turn there, but, but Proverbs 23, 27 and 28 says, for a whore is a deep ditch and a strange woman is a narrow pit she also lieth in wait as for a prey and increaseth the transgressors among men so firstly women young girls here none of you ever ever surely want to ever be described of described like like this lady here like i don't even want to call her lady like this whore here 
okay? No one wants to ever be described like that. But young men, do you want to be that simple fool? Now, there are also men, though, that aren't just simple fools. There are men that are fools, and they are simple, but they're going out. They're not the victims, as it seems to be to some degree here. They go out seeking these women, don't they? They go out seeking not just these women, but seeking women that they can take advantage of as well. Turn to Numbers chapter 25. Numbers chapter 25. And from verse 1. And Israel abode in Shittim, and the people began to commit whoredom with the daughters of Moab. And they called the people unto the sacrifice of their gods, and the people did eat and bow down to their gods. And Israel joined himself unto Baal Peor, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. So it starts with fornication, and they're doing all sorts to please their whore, aren't they? Doing all sorts. They're going to the places that they wouldn't have gone. The bars, the clubs, that's what happens, isn't it? People, they, they, they start chasing women, and Christians, I'm sure, so many throughout history have fallen like this, where they've started chasing women, and then they start coming away from God, and they start following after the things of the world, and they start going after the things of the world to impress the whore, to be in the same place as where these whores are. Okay, verse 4, And the Lord said unto Moses, Take all the heads of the people and hang them up before the Lord against the sun, that the fierce anger of the Lord may be turned away from Israel. And Moses said unto the judges of Israel, Slay ye every one his men that were joined unto Baal Peor. And behold, one of the children of Israel came and brought unto his brethren a Midianitish woman in the sight of Moses. Imagine the boldness of this at this point. And in the sight of all the congregation of the children of Israel, who were weeping before the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, when Pinahas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, saw it, he rose up from among the congregation, took a javelin in his hand, and he went after the man of Israel into the tent and thrust both of them through, the man of Israel and the woman through her belly, so the plague was stayed from the children of Israel. And those that died in the plague were 20 and 4,000 died because of this wicked sin. That's what God thinks about whoremongers. That's whoremongers here. Okay, that's not talking about the women here. That's not talking about the, the, uh, the, the women. It's talking about the men, isn't it? Okay, 20 and 4,000 died because of that. That's why 1 Corinthians 5.11 says, But now I've written unto you not to keep company. If any man that is called a brother be a fornicator, or covetous, or an idolater, or a railer, or a drunk, or an extortioner, with such an one, no, not to eat. Now, we can't get away with the javelin, unfortunately. <laughs> because I reckon that would put a lot of people off. We can't get away with the javelin, so we have to just kick them out instead. But like we said before, when you kick them out, it's for the destruction of the flesh, isn't it? Okay, and when you kick someone out of church, they don't have that protection of the church anymore, do they? Okay, and that is a serious thing. You get kicked out of church, that is a massive thing. That should be something that should make you do your utmost to never fall to this sin. Okay, and kids as well. You know, it don't matter. You know, once you get older you'll be getting kicked out as well, okay? It doesn't matter. Anyone commits this sin, they're kicked out because unfortunately we don't have the javelin and that's our spiritual javelin, okay? Kicking you out of church. Now, okay, maybe you think, well, you, you know, maybe you're thinking, look, look adults here are thinking, look, I've got a lid on this, you know, I'm all right, I haven't had a problem with this, you know, I'm, I'm, 
you know, I, I've got no problem with this. But how do we help our kids then, growing up in this in this nation, this United Kingdom of whoredom? How, how do we help them? So, how do we best prepare them to resist the influence? And I'll just sort of a few things. And again, you know, this list could be added to a lot. Just a few things to finish off the sermon that I thought, you know, some takeaways that we might have. Well, number one, um, keep away from the idols, adults, parents. Keep away from the idols because this, it, what was the punishment? Hosea, you don't have to turn it, Hosea 4.13, where we just were, said that they sacrificed upon the tops of mountains, burn incense upon the hills, under oaks and poplars and elms, because the shadow thereof is good. Therefore, your daughters shall commit whoredom and your spouses shall commit adultery. And verse 6 said, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. Okay, so firstly, we as parents here, and those of you that become parents here, you need to make sure that you stay in the law of God as much as you possibly can, that you do your utmost, your heart is right with God, you're trying to obey him, that you're keep, and 100% you're keeping away from all the idols of the world, aren't you? Okay, because it seems to be there a punishment, doesn't it? A punishment. And, and what a punishment that would be. Your daughters committing whoredom. Keep in the word. You should be saying, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And we should, and, and we should be meaning that, shouldn't we? Yeah. Not just saying it to sound good. We should be meaning that. Yeah, doing our utmost to serve the Lord. Um, if you don't want to risk your daughters committing whoredom, stop worshipping money, popularity, acclaim. Acclaim, it's another idol, isn't it? Being like, you know, the best, the most, whatever it is in the group, in the church. or, or And just take out all those idols out of your life. You don't want your daughters to become whores. Husbands and wives, the more godly you are, the less likely your spouse will cheat on you. That's the truth, is it? The more godly you are, the less likely it will happen, despite how the movies paint it. Because the movies try and paint it, if you're this square, you know, this square Christian type, then your wife's basically going to be running around, you know, with all sorts, with all sorts of, you know, you know, naughty men, you know, all sorts of geezers and everything else. But it isn't true, is it? It's just the opposite. They just lie. And same, they'll make out like if you're a nice godly woman and you're just, you know, a good submissive woman, he's just going to be just having a laugh, just, just loving the fact that you're so submissive while he's just off gallivanting with all these whores. But that's, that's, that's not the truth, is it? That's not the truth because, because God's saying here, he's saying if you don't forget the law of your God, then he won't forget your children. But he's saying here, if you don't do all those things, all that, all that idolatry, he's saying then your spouses won't commit adultery if you switch it around like that to some point at least yeah i know there's other reasons there's other issues but that's the truth how we behave how we behave makes a big difference doesn't it and it's not like that because the truth is if when you're behaving right when you're treating your wife right when you're loving your wife and and you're acting as you should do as a she really gonna should she be getting her head turned no i don't think so and same in the other way around. If you women are really being a godly woman, you're really submitting to your husband and you, you're doing all the things that the Bible tells you to do, is he really, is he really going to be just out seeking other women? I don't think so. Okay, and that, that, you know, how we behave does make a big difference. And it makes a big, big difference to our kids as well. So number two, lead by example. We have to lead by example, don't we? If you dads are craning your necks at the scantily clad whore while you drive down the street with your kids in the car, they're going to pick up on it, yeah. yeah? That's the truth. They're going to pick up on it. If you mums are spending your days trying to get attention from men, your daughters are going to pick up on that. That's the truth. 
You know, you might think, oh, they, you know, they're not really, they're a bit young. They, they soak up so much, don't yeah, they, kids? Yeah. How we behave makes a big difference. We need to lead by example. They pick up on everything, don't they? You have to turn to it. Matthew 5, 16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That's before men. That's before just other people, let alone your kids. Our light should be shining before our kids, shouldn't it? We should be doing our best to just be this positive influence so they don't grow up thinking that sort of stuff's acceptable. Okay, it's so important, isn't it, when it comes to our kids. But num- number three, dress them appropriately. Dress your kids appropriately. Proverbs 7.10 said, There met him a woman with the attire of an harlot. Okay, and God describes certain clothing, doesn't he, as the attire of an harlot or prostitute. Okay, why? I, look, I don't care how old your kids get. If they live in your house, they ought to dress properly, shouldn't they? That's the truth. If your kids live in your house, then they ought to dress properly. If you're paying for them, if you're putting a roof above their head, if you're paying for their food and everything else, I mean, at the least, and, and, and really, they should anyway, shouldn't they? And really, even if they move out of your house for whatever reason, you should still, as a parent, be able to say to them, dress properly. Yeah? Dress like you should be able to still preach the Bible to them, but let alone if they live in your house. But, you know, dress them properly. Get them in good habits from young, not just coming to church, not just when you're around the other church people. And I, I hope that's not the case, but I hope, you know, it shouldn't be like that, should it? It should be every single day. It should be when they're at home. They should be dressing properly. They should be dressing like ladies. Our, our boys should be dressing like men, not like some sort of queer little rent boy. Okay, whether they're at home, whether they're not, you know, that's not how they should be. They shouldn't be in the short shorts at home. You know, the girls shouldn't be wearing their trousers. Oh, well, I'm not at church now, you know, and think because it's just showing every curve of them. That's the truth, isn't it? Or it's not or they just look like a man. So one or the other, they're either cross-dressing or they're they're looking like a whore. Okay, it's one or the other. Okay, so get them in good habits. And, And look, they don't have to look like they're working at the Victorian themed fair. Okay, they they. You don't, you know, you're not more spiritual or more holy if, oh, well, I only dress my children in things which, you know, they're tripping up over the skirt at the toes and, you know, and, and, and with Amish patterns and everything else. Yeah, that, that, no one said you had to do that. OK, and then, you, you know, people do take it to extreme. You don't have to do that, but just dress, your chi- just dress them properly. You know, dress them properly, dress them modestly, how people have always dressed up until really the very recent history. Yeah. Um, you know, covering their thighs, not trying to show every curve, yeah? Boys not wearing skin-tight stuff, you know, and, and, and all that sort of stuff. Okay, number four, bin the television. Okay, bin the television. Okay, the conditioning now is worse than anything I grew up watching, okay? It is so much worse. I mean, you just see clips of stuff. It is absolutely wicked now. It, it always was wicked. It's just even more wicked, isn't it? I can only imagine what filth the soap operas probably have on on a daily basis now. And how many people around the country still watch that sort of stuff, EastEnders and Coronation Street and all that stuff, and the influence, the conditioning on it. I remember Neighbours and Home, who remembers Neighbours and Home and Away? How on earth did Australia influence so many people around the globe with that rubbish? And we all watched it, didn't we? I remember watching that. I remember having a, like, blank cassettes which had, like, Neighbours and Home and Away recordings on them for ones we missed. That's how bad it was, yeah? We had these old... And, and watch this. And that was, again, just brainwashing conditioning. It all is, isn't it? It was all filth and it was all just... And it was nothing like now. Can you imagine if they still have them shows now, what they must be? Do they still have those shows now? 
How do you know? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, joking, joking. Uh, yeah, they, they do, don't they? They still, they still have those shows now. And, and, and can you imagine what they're like compared with when, you know, when I was young, you know, whatever, I was watching that stuff like 30 odd years ago and, and I can only imagine. And, and let alone, and, and that stuff's early, that stuff's like kids come home from school and shove on that sort of stuff. And, um, and the soap operas now, the talk shows, can you imagine what they talk about? Just filth and junk and, and all this stuff. They just talk about like it's okay now, don't they? I mean, like, like Brother Ben was preaching about the other night. Our Prime Minister's shacked up. In fact, they've just announced didn't they, that she's got having another baby. Absolutely wicked, isn't it? That's where we've got to in this nation. But the daytime movies even, all the same, isn't it? It's all the same conditioning. It's all junk. But whilst you're at it, burn those romance novels as well. They're just rubbish. They're junk and they're just conditioning, they're brainwash. They're just trying to, trying to give you either this, this picture of this perfect, usually, I, I doubt many of them are nowadays, like, you know, a marriage, but hey-ho. But, but even if they are, it's just rubbish. It's rubbish, it's brainwash, it's just junk, isn't it? You might as well burn them with the false Bible perversions that try and change the word fornication. Yeah, yeah? and try, again, just all part of it, isn't it? All part of it. Uh, Psalm 119, you don't have to turn to verse 37, says, Turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity, and quicken thou me in thy way. Turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity. At the least, that stuff's just emptiness. It's vanity, isn't it? At the least, you're just beholding vanity when you've got the TV on, when you're reading junk, trashy novels, you know, and, and whatever else you're doing. When you're on your phones, just watching clips of rubbish. But sadly, it, it's a lot worse than that, isn't it? Really, it's a lot worse than that. But, but yeah, the trash celebrities, the music, all this filth, just bin it, bin it. You'd be so much happier for it, just bin it. Okay, number five, last one. Know what your kids are up to. Yeah, know what they're up to. Proverbs 29, 15 says, The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. Don't leave them to themselves. Don't do it. Don't, don't just sing, oh, well, they're, they're all right. Well, they're... You know, oh, well, you can't just keep, you can't helicopter parent or whatever they, they try and call the thing. Yeah, no, I'm not saying you have to literally be, be walking around following them everywhere. But on the same hand, know what your kids are doing. Yeah, yeah. Don't go the other way and try and prove how, what a great parent you are because you don't have a clue what your kids are doing. Because don't leave them to yourself. The influences come from everywhere. Social media, like messaging, other kids, family members. Family members who come up to your teenage kids and ask them if they've got a boyfriend yet, have they got a girlfriend yet, and start putting that stuff in their heads all the time. Like somehow that's something that like they're weird if they don't. Because that, that's what happens, isn't it? But, but when you don't know where they are, you don't know what they're doing, you don't know what they're watching, you don't know what they're looking at, you don't know they've got a phone, you don't know what they're looking at on their phones and the rest of it. How can you, can, how can you, you deal with that? Because, look, we were all kids, yeah? All us parents here and all us adults here were all kids. Come on, the deceit that we were capable of, eh? Yeah. The stuff you got up to behind your parents' back. And even the, the, and I would say even someone, if we've got any, I don't know if we do any first generation Christians here, uh, sorry, second generation Christians here, who have literally grown up with the word, I'll tell you what, there's still a lot of deceit, and I bet they still got up to some stuff behind their parents' back, didn't they? At least limit that, yeah? At least limit that and try, let, Try not to let there be a place behind your back too often, eh? And try and know what your kids are doing. You know, the, the, the stakes are so high. The stakes are so high. 
And, and we are able, we are able to keep an eye on our kids and they'll thank you for it. They'll thank you for it when they're older, when they go to their, to their wedding day pure. Yeah, and they'll thank you for that. When you've kept an eye, when you've kept away those, all those influences, know what they're up to. And like I said, they'll thank you, they'll thank you. And, and wow, and it's got to be worth it, hasn't it? It's got to be worth it for your kids, eh? And they're just some things I thought of. I'm sure there's many, many more, but they're just some things I thought of last night. Um, uh, on that, let's pray. let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. Thank you, um, thank you for your guidance. Thank you for the for you know, your word being a light unto our feet and the you know, so a lamp unto our feet, light unto our path. And and thank you that um, that that you just you know that that we we know that we need to keep away from all this filth that we need to separate be separate and and keep away from from the unclean thing and keep away from these the this sort of lifestyle and and people that that live this sort of lifestyle and and help us help us to do that help us to resist this temptations and help all our kids as well growing up to resist all the all the many temptations that are going to come their way help them to just want to live for you to to hear the preaching like this and take it to heart and and just know that that that's that's what the word of god says it is a wicked wicked sin this is a wicked wicked nation but we can resist it we have the ability to resist it and help us to do that um help us to 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 have a good afternoon now to go out and preach the gospel to people get people saved no matter what what they're you know whether they're living these sorts of lifestyles or not yet the word of god will will get them saved and um we, we thank you for that we thank you that you're so forgiving that you've forgiven us all of us here um all of the many sins we've committed in our past and, and we we pray that you help us to to lead others to to your word to salvation today and um we pray that we we have a great day and come back for this evening service in jesus name we pray amen <laughs>